This is episode 187 of the Beyond the Food show, and today in chapter 3 of She's Beyond the Food, Why I'm Done with Keto. Mm-mm, mm-mm. This is going to get controversial. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Going to Beyond the Food show. I'm Stephanie Dozier, clinical nutritionist and emotional eating expert, creator of the Going to Beyond the Food method, and founder of the Going to Beyond the Food Academy corporate executive turned health expert with my own journey with weight, body image, and food, it's now my mission to help smart, successful women like you live confidently right now and unconditionally. Ready, sister? Let's do this. Hello, sisters. Stephanie here, and today is May 6th. There's two things going on today. There is a guy chopping wood in my backyard. I live in a condominium setting, so I don't control what goes on in my backyard. And he's been at it all day. So I'm taking a chance. I see that he walked away and I'm recording this podcast. So if you can hear some background noise, guys, I did my best, but I had to record it today because this podcast is coming out in just a few days. The second thing that is going on right now is we are almost done with the Intuitive Eating Project. We are starting class on Monday, the May the 13th at 7 p.m. with our first live class. And we are ending registration this Friday so the student can do their pre-work. And we just today finalized the curriculum. The workbook is in production. And we decided to add a bonus. I don't know if it's going to be repeated in the future, but we're adding the So You Want to Lose Weight Masterclass to the program because as I was building the curriculum for the Intuitive Eating Project, one thing that I realized is that for us to embrace intuitive eating, we must have a clear understanding of our dieting history and get really, really honest with ourselves. And I know for me, When I first attempted intuitive eating, I failed at it because I was keeping hope that the next big thing would come in my life, the next diet, in the case where I am, and I'll talk about that today, the next fasting model would come in and would resolve my problem. And I wasn't successful the first time I did intuitive eating. So I wanted to prevent that by adding this masterclass to it. So People that are going to register over the next few days are going to get a big bonus in it. So I'm very excited about this. I'll keep you attuned to how the Intuitive Eating Project is doing. It is the first time that I'm going to be delivering it. I'm very excited about it. And yeah, so we're about to get started with that. Now, today, episode is the chapter three of She's Beyond the Food, but it's really titled Why I'm Done with Keto. And I have been wanting to do this episode for, I want to say, months. And it's been in the back of my head. I've started it, ended it. Started it, stopped it. And then the straw that broke the camel's back, I think that's the expression in English, happened 10 days ago. Something happened with one of my students in the academy that triggered anger in me. And I have to say, 
since I've done the work internally and spiritually that I've done, I am not someone that feels anger a lot, but it happened. It happened following a video from one of a keto doctor that I know personally that will remain nameless that triggered that anger. And I've decided to record this episode today as to why I'm done with keto. And so here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to give you a little bit of background in case you don't know what the ketogenic diet is. I'll explain to you what it is, how I personally came to keto, how I professionally came to keto as well, and why I would never recommend keto again to 98% of the population. You're going to get a clear understanding of that. There's still about 2% of the population that is diagnosed with certain condition that would need keto. But beyond that, 98% of us don't need keto. And there's very serious side effect to keto that we need to consider in making that choice. So we'll talk about that. And I'm going to share with you what I'm doing today, professionally and personally, instead of keto. Ready for this, girls? Let's do it. So what is keto? So we're going to start from a place of assuming that some of you do not know what keto is. And just so you know, go on Google and the number one diet internationally in the world today is keto. Keto stands for the ketogenic diet. The ketogenic diet is a very low carb, high fat diet that shares similarity with back in the days Atkins. It's not the same, but it shares similarities and also shares a lot of similarity with what is known as low carb diet. The ketogenic diet involves drastically reducing carbohydrate intake, typically depending on the guru of the book to 20 grams a day to 50 to 75 grams a day. And that's very what they call lazy keto, right? And so we reduce carb and we increase fat. And this reduction in carb puts the body into a state called ketosis. Now, that is the point where ketosis was used medically. So the ketogenic diet is not new. We as human have been fasting, unknowingly being in the state of ketosis for probably forever. Back in the days, hunter-gatherers would kill an animal, eat, and then fast because there was nothing for them to eat. And when you fast, you get in a state of ketosis. Light to heavy ketosis is irrelevant. You get into it. And more recently, in the early 1920, the ketogenic diet was branded and named as ketogenic from research and application in the field of epilepsy for children. So that was what we call a therapeutic diet that was used in the context of this particular condition with children for over two decades until anti-epileptic medication came on board and the need for the therapeutic diet wasn't there anymore. Much easier to pop a pill than to go on the diet. And medically, the use of the ketogenic diet 
almost disappear. And then recently, over the last 10 years, the ketogenic diet came back, not in the context of epilepsy, but more in the context of weight loss, diabetes, and more recently, neurological condition. The ketogenic diet, one of the components of it that triggers health benefit is the fact that it lowers blood sugar and lowers insulin level, which then trigger anti-inflammatory action in the body, meaning that it is actually reducing the inflammation in your body. Now, I want to be careful in saying you can reduce the inflammation in your body many other ways than just by producing ketone and being in ketosis. But being in ketosis and producing ketone will help you reduce the inflammation in your body. So that's kind of the background to the ketogenic diet. As I said earlier, keto is now the number one diet in the world. So what is called fad diet or trendy diet goes typically on a cycle of five years. If you look at marketing data, we are about in year two of keto. Before that was paleo, right? Paleo came in, peaked, and then went away and got replaced by keto. Before that was the South Beach diet. And and we historically, over the last 40 years, have had diet cycle through. Well, right now it's keto. So some of you have heard of it, if not all of you. Some of you may be on keto right now. How did I came to keto? What did I do or how did that came in my life? So first of all, you want to know this. If you don't know yet, I'm a nutrition professional. I went to school and studied nutrition in the context of treating and helping people with their medical condition. Therefore, we studied therapeutic nutrition. That was our tool as nutrition professional to help people with their symptoms and their condition by manipulating their food intake. Therefore, I learned of the ketogenic diet way back in 2012 in school in the case of treating neurological condition and epilepsy. But then it went away because when back in the days, 2012, when we looked at the ketogenic diet, we're like, oh my God, this is way too restrictive for us to put our patients and our clients on it unless they have absolutely no other choice. Nobody in their right mind would eat this way because it's too restrictive. It's not sustainable, right? So the ketogenic diet got put on the shelf just like any other therapeutic diet that I had in my portfolio. And as people came into my clinic, exposed their symptoms, their condition, I picked the appropriate therapeutic diet to help them with their condition. And I think I've prescribed keto back from 2012 to 2014, maybe twice for very specific condition. 
Professionally, that's how keto came into my life. Personally, that's where it gets interesting. So 2012, paleo was just peaking and I was graduating from nutrition school and I was on a weight loss journey, my last one, and paleo was what I was introduced to. So I was doing paleo. I lost weight with paleo. My entire life surrounded around paleo. But then it started to not work, which at the time I thought it was my fault, right? It was something that I wasn't doing right. I wasn't strict enough. I was too liberate with paleo. Bottom line, I had a hard time maintaining my weight loss. And I looked into what I could do and manipulating my carbohydrate intake was really one of the only thing for me to do. So I went what we call low carb and then came into my life, a friend of mine, his name is Jimmy Moore. So if you are in the keto world, the low carb world, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy came into my life and without me knowing, I realized that I was eating low carb, just like him. And he was experimenting with this crazy new diet that was the ketogenic diet, right? And I was watching him and I was talking to him and I started to collaborate with a lot of low carb people started to speak at conferences and going on cruises and all kinds of events. And then more and more people were talking about keto and I was struggling to maintain my weight loss And then I looked into this, I said, maybe that's the solution for me, right? And I started to eat keto, 20 grams a day of carbs, and it worked like any diet, right? I know that now, but back then I was so excited because I was craving less, I was eating less food, and I started researching the very little recent research on keto, and it was phenomenal the result that people were exposing to research. But again, all of it was short term because it was so recent. I became completely obsessed with keto and I wrote a book. I wrote a book and created a program. Some of you may still have that called the Keto Connector. I still had the belief and the core desire to teach from the four body perspective, the mind, the emotional, the physical, and the spiritual. And I combined that with a ketogenic approach. So to this day now, the book is no longer available. I took it down. I think it's almost a year ago from Amazon and we shut down the program, but that's how I was involved into it. I was speaking, professionally speaking about it. I was researching it. I wrote, I was very convinced it was the right thing to do until about a year in, then it started to not work again. I was binging in secret on keto bread. I was having massive craving for carbohydrate. And then I met someone else. My next savior, right? Dr. Jason Fung. Some of you may know him. He wrote a book on fasting. I met him at a conference that we were both speaking at. And I even did a a massive interview on Facebook that went viral. 
yeah. So anyway, I met Jason and I started fasting. So I'm like, paleo didn't work because something's wrong with me. So I got to get more restrictive and I got to get more strict. So I'm going to go keto. It worked and then it didn't work. Right. And then I started obsessing about food. I started binging and craving and overeating. So I'm going to fast. So now I'm going to be keto and I'm going to fast. And I started with a intermittent fasting. That was the, the thing back then, like a short window of time. That didn't work. I was binging even more. So I'm going to fast for a whole day once a week. I did that for a few months. And then things would go fine. And then all of a sudden, I would go on massive binges crave. And then I even went as far as fasting for seven days. And I was absolutely elated that I could not eat for seven days, right? I had control on food. And my obsession with food, with disordered eating, with binging, escalated every time I put more pressure on my food by fasting, by keto, by paleo, the behavior got worse and worse. I came out of this fasting thing absolutely a mess. I was completely obsessed with food because looking back, keto and fasting made me feel worthy. And I want you to, as you're listening to this, to be really honest with yourself. For all of you that are labeling themselves as keto, and I posted recently on that on Instagram, or label yourself as paleo or vegan or local, whatever label you are proudly wearing, the badge of honor you're wearing, why are you wearing it? I was wearing it to feel worthy, to feel like my uncorrect body was validated with the effort of the complicated diet that I was doing. I was being what I now call a good fat person, meaning that, and yes, the wood chopper person that started again, sorry about this, meaning that my body in my view wasn't thin enough, lean enough, small enough to be acceptable to the rest of the world, but at least I was trying really, 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 really hard to achieve the normal body. That's the phenomenon that I call the good fat person. And keto, when that didn't work, fasting, that didn't work. I kept escalating to validate myself and to make myself feel worthy. When I stopped after seven days of fasting, that was the last attempt at complicating my diet. I honestly was completely depressed and lost. That was three years ago because I didn't know what else I could cut or what else I needed to do to fix myself and Honestly, I was terrified because I didn't know how I was going to be a good fat person anymore and how I was going to walk into those conferences and those meetings and not say that I was keto or low carb or I was dieting this way or this way and this way and how I was going to validate the body that I had. You see the desperation? 
If you are someone who's dieted, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So when I started working with my coach and the professional support I was getting, I was, when they told me I couldn't diet anymore and I started to do intuitive eating and I was still holding on to the idea that I could find something even more complicated or even more hardcore to fix my problem. And when I realized that if I truly wanted to heal myself, I couldn't do that, I was lost. I was absolutely lost. Now, another thing that happened in the same time that I was escalating my complication of diet is I became an aggressive person. I had zero tolerance for anyone else in the professional circle that didn't agree with me. My clients and my patient, I could still deal with. Not that I put everybody on keto. That was not my protocol that I was doing because at the same time I was shifting to be online and doing group program, but I was proposing it to people as a solution to their problem. And if they thought they could do it, I would coach them through it. But professionally, I had zero patience for people who weren't in agreement with me And although I had done all this spiritual work and all this emotional work prior to coming to keto, this aggressivity that I felt inside of me was coming out of my mouth. And I didn't like who I was becoming. And to be honest with you, right now, as I'm recording this episode, that's one of my fear. And one of the reasons why I hesitated in doing this podcast up to now is the keto community is a very aggressive community and there is a lot of backlash that is likely going to happen from this episode and a lot of, unfortunately, verbal violence. Back to my friend Jimmy, he is one of the leader in the ketogenic community and he gets violence towards him on a daily basis on social media because of his weight. Like the nastiest comment and the threat that he gets on a daily basis is unbelievable. Because I have a belief, and and this is not a research statement, it's not a, a fact, this is an observation, what we call a clinical observation. The level of restriction that you have to endure on a ketogenic diet actually triggers those emotions of anger and aggressivity and jealousy and violence because basically you are being violent to yourself with that level of restriction and you are producing those emotions inside of you and they are literally coming out of you. Again, clinical observation. However, that is a fact. Um, when I speak to colleagues that are, aren't in the ketogenic world, that are maybe in the veganism world or functional medicine, they don't like dealing with keto people because of that level of aggressivity that I'm just describing now. So I was becoming that person and I didn't want to be that person. The next thing that keto did for me is it increased my level of shame towards myself. 
because it is such a restrictive diet, when you fail at it, you feel less than. And you have many more chances of failing at it because of its level of complication and restriction, therefore more opportunity to feel shameful. Also, this is common to all fat diet, but the people that you're seeing on social media, that you're hearing at conferences that write the book are typically naturally thin people. They choose the ketogenic diet for other reasons than weight loss. However, they put themselves forward as being, look what keto does to my body. And you, the fat person who's been struggling her entire life with her body, has a completely messed up set point, looks at those people and says, well, if they can do it, why can I not do it? What's wrong with me? Bang! shame again comes into the back door. So the amount of shame I was living was incredible just because of the context of the expectation of the ketogenic diet. Fortunately, I came across the right people, hired the right coaches, did the right thing, and I'm out of this world today. So now I'm going to come into the email that I received two weeks ago from one of my students in the Going to Beyond the Food Academy, and it read like this. Is eating fruits and grain makes me a sugar addict? Will eating fruit give me diabetes? Oh my God, Stephanie, what am I doing to myself? And I could feel the desperation in that email from that student. And that student sent me this email because... Just an hour prior, she had received a video, a YouTube video from one of her best friends that had seen this video from this ketogenic MD outlining how people who eat fruit or desire to eat fruit are sugar addict and or people that consume or want to consume grain are sugar addict and how sugar addiction is the root cause of diabetes. And if you are a sugar addict, you're going to get diabetes. She was in other panic because this information was coming from a medical doctor, right? And she had just, through the academy, made peace with foods and grains and was eating intuitively. And then the fear-mongering associated with this video just threw her right back. And that's when I became angry. I am done with this fear-mongering crap that is going on out there right now. Not only do not, I'm not participating in it, I haven't been for the last three years, but I want it to stop because it's creating a lot of stress and anxiety in people like you listening that are not a health expert that cannot differ the truth from the fear mongering. Nearly everything in that video, I watched it for 75% of it is absolute fear mongering to get the uneducated people to absolutely fear fruits and grains, which are real food people, so that they become keto. 
Granted, this MD is not making any money of that, but it's still fear-mongering. I am done with this. Like, I live through it. I've seen the damage to myself. I see it every day. When somebody comes into the academy, the level of anxiety, of fear, of self-destruction that keto is creating in women who have been dieting their whole life, they come to me just like I was three and a half years ago, completely distraught. And that does not have to be. It doesn't have to be. So I hope that if you're listening to this today, you realize that what you're feeling, and if you're a keto person, obviously, or even I see the same thing with pure-ish veganism, like raw vegan people who have the same level of restriction and can't cope with that level of restriction and the not good enough, low self-worth, depression and anxiety that they feel coming into my program is at the same level as keto. Here's what I want you to know if you are keto or what I wished someone told me four years ago when that started for me, you can get the same health benefit that you are so dearly wanting. And I'm talking health benefit here, not weight loss, health benefit from simply eating real food, food that was put on this planet for us to eat. If it flew, grew, ran or swam, eat it most of the time. I have seen the benefit of that in my clinic. I still see it on a day-to-day basis with the people to whom I work with. The health benefit can be achieved. Now, when we are really honest with each other, the reason why we seek the ketogenic diet, it's not for health. 95% of the people who are today on a ketogenic diet is for weight loss. And the fact is, diet don't work. Keto, paleo, sadbitch, Atkins, the cabbage soup diet, no matter what the name is, diet don't work. But the difference is with keto, not only do they do not work, they have terrible and devastating mental health side effects due to the level of deprivation and restriction that people are on when they're doing keto. Research has demonstrated that binge behavior and overeating behavior are only triggered in a restrictive environment, meaning that the reason why we want to overeat and overeat or binge and want to binge is because we are restricting And that's the danger of keto. The restriction is so great that it's causing disordered eating behavior, specifically in women who've been dieting their whole life. Combine that with the fact that, like any diet, body image is a tremendous multiplicator of the devastation that women feel, meaning that keto does not address just like any other fat diet, body image, emotional health, mental health. 
Nowhere does it talk about that. I think there's one person who talks about it in the context of keto. Beyond that, nobody addressed those issues. So that's why I'm done with keto. I have lived through it, see it every day, and it's getting worse. The fear-mongering as the peak of the ketogenic diet is happening. This year and next year will be the peak. If you look at marketing data, the fear-mongering is getting out of control. It's absolutely getting out of control. And yeah, I am, I'm not going to go further than that. All that to say that what's happening today with this beautiful ketogenic diet, that was a therapeutic diet and still is when done appropriately and in the right context, diet culture took over it. Meaning that now the keto diet is just like any other fad diet and we've taken over it. Combine with the newest trend, which is the wellness diet, in which people say, well, I'm keto, but I don't count my macros and I don't weigh my food. So it's not a diet. Yes, it is. But you just, and that's where the danger is. It's not called a diet, but that's what you're doing. You're still restricting tremendously. So I'm going to close that chapter and move forward. What am I doing today? Right? What am I doing instead of keto? I am an intuitive eater. I eat to care for my body. Intuitive eating is a proven and well-researched self-care eating framework that makes me the boss of me. And it makes you the boss of you if you study it. Intuitive eating teaches you to have a healthy relationship to food where you become the expert of your body. Exactly what keto doesn't want you to be. Keto wants you to follow the rules, not you being in charge and empowered of your own body. Intuitive eating teaches you to trust your ability to meet your needs and ability to distinguish for yourself when you're hungry, when you're full, and also teaches you to cope with your emotion without food and tap into your body wisdom. The goal of intuitive eating is not to lose weight. And that's one of the differentiating factor between intuitive eating and dieting is it is not a promise of weight loss. It is not a weight loss protocol. And we are teaching people to not expect weight loss. And that's what makes intuitive eating so different. It's about healing the relationship to food, which to be honest, that's what ladies we need. We don't need another method of control on our food. We need to learn to control via our own natural hunger and fullness cue and tap into this beautiful innate body wisdom that we have. There is 10 guiding principles around intuitive eating. I'm not going to list them all here, but it's around making you the expert of your body, rejecting external rule and tapping into your internal cues, making peace with food and stopping to label food as good or bad, tap into your desire to eat food, seek satisfaction in food 
And we are going further than food. We're talking about accepting our body. We are talking about finding joy in movement. And we're talking about honoring our health beyond food. So that's what I do today. I am an intuitive eater. And guess what? You and I are both born intuitive eaters. That's how babies knows to cry when they're hungry. They get fed. They stop drinking their milk when they feel full. That's why when a baby is done, the baby is done. No matter how much you're trying to push the milk in the mouth, they're done. That's intuitive eating. You and I both have that ability inside of us, but dieting took it away from us. It's like right now your intuitive eating capacity are on the autopilot. You know, when you have a gas stove and the autopilot just dim in the back, your intuitive eating capacity are right there. You need to fuel the fire. You need to increase the heat in the pilot light so it takes over the external dieting rules. I'm going to close the episode on this. I'm making a health trend prediction. I'm not a marketing expert, but I've been around the block in the health industry for nearly 10 years now. I am predicting that intuitive eating is going to be the next big health trend. I know, crazy, right? Why am I predicting that? Because the last 30 years of, quote, fad diet... And I know the keto people are going to get freaked out when I use that name, but I'm using it because the way keto is today, it's a fad diet. So if you look back over the last 30 years of fad diet, it got more complicated with each trend. So remember that every cycle of five years, it gets more complicated and more restrictive and more complicated and more restrictive because it has to be different than the last one, right? And It didn't work the last time. We all feel like shit because it didn't work. So we all think in our head, it's got to be more complicated. I'm so broken. I need the next thing and it needs to be more hardcore. So now we are at the keto state. What else can we cut from our diet? There's really nothing else we can cut, right? At the end of the day, there will be nothing left for us to eat. Now, here's the thing. For those that are not in the keto world right now, there's a new trend within the keto community. It's called carnivore. Do you want to know what it is? Carnivore takes keto to the next level of complication. And what it leaves you to eat is 100% protein. Zero carb and all protein and fats. Crazy, but it's the reality. But I don't think carnivore could even get to the white population because it's unsustainable. But you know what? I could be surprised. Carnivore could be the next thing. I'm hoping not. I'm hoping that intuitive eating will be the next big health trend and that keto will go back to where it should be a therapeutic diet to be used in conjunction with specific health condition. So there you have it, ladies. This is why I don't do keto anymore. And that's what I'm doing instead. 
So here's what I want you to do, a quick exercise for you. How to know if keto is not for you or is not for you anymore? Here's a few questions I want you to ask yourself. Are you embracing keto from a place of love or a place of fear? Are you embracing keto because you want to lose weight because you don't like your body? That's the case. That's a place of fear. If you're embracing keto because you think you need to fix yourself because you're so screwed up because none of the other diet worked before, you're doing keto from a place of fear. Second question. Does the keto diet causes you anxiety, stress, constant negative self-talk, constant questioning about food, food obsession? Third question. Do you believe that you're not perfect enough in your attempt to be keto? Do you think if you were to push yourself even more, you could be better and finally achieve your goal? Do you feel that keto makes you feel not good enough? Do you feel disappointed in yourself because you cannot achieve the high standards of keto? These are just some of the question you want to ask yourself, and I'll call it the red flag to know that maybe keto is not right for you. Now, if you have enough of keto and you're like, that is not what I want to do to myself anymore, come over. We have a lot of things that can help you. Currently, the Intuitive Eating Project registration and May the 8th, so you can join us in that. Or you can also look up the Going to Beyond the Food Academy that I'm soon going to maybe rebrand Keto Recovery Program. Like, it's a joke, but it could be what's going to happen because I'm getting mostly the last six months, people that are quitting keto because of the devastation that it did in their life. So it's a joke, but maybe that could happen in the future. So we have a great episode. The next one, we're going to talk about the power of photography for body acceptance. Pretty cool episode with a professional photographer. Her name is Ashley, and she's going to share with you some very cool tips on how to use photography to love your body. I love you, ladies, and I look forward to hang out with you on the next episode. <music>